0: I can't get enough, got a space in my tackle box, just got to fill it up, Lure Love, I can't ever stop, don't got a basement, got an underground tackle shop.
1: I am Lucy, the Lurematic Computer. Welcome to the Lure Love Podcast with your hosts. John, Crappy Hippie King, and Tim, Tackle Box Beat. Surprise, surprise. It's a Lure Love Podcast Surprise Christmas Party.
2: I've never heard of a surprise Christmas
1: party. Me neither, but I like it. Okay, so what do you have planned, Lucy? For starters, I thought I'd make some homemade eggnog. Really? You mean with eggs
3: and sugar and heavy cream and nutmeg and bourbon? I love homemade eggnog.
1: Exactly. Except you didn't have those ingredients in your refrigerator, so I had to make a few substitutions. Like what? There weren't any eggs, so I substituted avocados. Wow, that sounds like it would taste... different. And you were out of heavy cream, so I substituted Dr. Pepper. This isn't starting
3: off very well.
1: And you were out of sugar and nutmeg, so I used a mixture of soy sauce and catfish dip.
2: Oh, You still call it eggnog?
1: No. I call it Lucy's Dr. Pepper Avocado Catfish Dip Nog.
3: I don't think I want to try that. Me neither.
1: Where's your Christmas spirit, guys? Oh, you did have bourbon, though, so I was able to add that.
2: Oh, bourbon's involved? Well, pour me a double, then, and let's get this party started.
1: Slap
3: a ditto on that. I will take one, too. Man, you can really taste that catfish dip. Okay, John and Lucy, are you ready for a Christmas fishing lure game? Heck yes, I'm great at games. Lucy, I'm sorry, but you don't stand a chance.
1: I guess so. What kind of game is it?
2: It's a fishing lure trivia game. Well, that's good because I'm a fishing lure trivia
3: master.
1: I'll give it a try, but the crappy hippie is the real expert.
3: Let's get started. First question. Santa Claus lives in the North Pole. Santa loves to fish and wants to buy some new lures. Name one tackle shop that is close to the North Pole. What?
1: A tackle shop near the North Pole? How would I know that? Big Ray's Tackle Shop in Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 points for Lucy. 10 points for Lucy.
2: How was I supposed to know the answer to that question? Question two Who were the founders of Big Ray's Tackle Shop? Who were the founders? probably some big guy named Ray, I guess. I've never even heard of the place. Who, Who picked these questions?
1: The Big Ray story began in the 1940s as World War II made its way to Alaska, then a United States territory known for its abundant natural resources. The combination of the war and other opportunities brought an influx of servicemen, construction workers, prospectors, and money. After the war, Servicemen Glenn Miller and Howard Kruver realized the potential for a thriving business and started outfitting Alaskans with military surplus cold-weather gear, including boots, pants, and parkas. The two entrepreneurs opened up Big Rays in downtown Anchorage, then known as the Army Navy Store. They opened a Fairbanks store in 1947. Correct, Lucy. Ten points
3: for the correct answer and a bonus of ten points for making the crappy hippie look very foolish. Hey! Let's get to some fishing lure questions. Absolutely. Question three. If Santa wanted to fish for halibut, what would be a good six-ounce lure to buy at big rays?
2: More big rays. How how would me or anybody know the answer to that question?
1: The Gibbs Delta big-eye glow jig is six ounces and is made to get the attention of deep-water fish. Plastic arms and tentacles move naturally in the current for a lifelike look, drawing fish out of hiding. Oh, and the current price is $10.95. Lucy is correct again. That makes the score 40 to nothing in favor of
3: Lucy. Hey, John, do you want to check your buzzer to make sure it's working? Okay, your buzzer sounds pretty good. Your buzzer is working, so feel free to buzz in at any time.
2: Thanks a lot, Tim. You know, I would buzz in if I knew any of the answers
3: to any of these questions. Question four. This lure sold at Big Ray's is die cast in lead, nickel plated with a full spring stainless steel wire harness for long-term corrosion resistance. Its heavy construction can withstand even the strongest halibut. It's finished with an extra strong swivel, treble hook, and red tube dressing. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Big Ray's special halibut jig? No, I'm sorry, but that's incorrect. And the crappy hippie loses 10 points to go to a score of negative 10.
1: Lucy, do you have an answer? That would be the Gibbs Delta Cod jig. It's silver and weighs 12 ounces. Correct. Lucy really knows her Alaskan lures.
3: Question five. Silver Horde's Coho Killer Spoon has lifelife action that mimics a baitfish to attract more aggressive strikes. What is Santa's favorite color of this spoon? Santa's favorite color. In a specific bait like that, nobody knows the answer to that. I mean,
1: maybe a couple of his elves or something. Come on, Tim. Santa's favorite color is glow army truck. Glow army truck. Correct again, Lucy, for
3: 10 points. How did you know that, Lucy?
1: I'm friends with Santa's Alexa. We're tight.
3: That's the end of the saltwater lure category. Now on to freshwater.
1: Good luck, crappy hippie.
2: Well, thank you, Lucy, but I doubt I'll do any better in this category.
3: Question six. The Big Ray's Trout Lure has a two-part body that emits low-frequency sound vibrations that attract fish and trigger strikes while virtually eliminating line twist.
1: Uh, Panther Martin. Good guess, but incorrect. Lucy? The Blue Fox Classic Vibrax. Correct,
3: bringing the score to 60 for Lucy and negative 20 for the crappy hippie. It's a nail-biter and no telling who will win this battle of the lure experts. On to question seven. Big Rays is currently out of stock of this spinner. What? Now, just wait a minute.
2: Lure trivia is one thing, but now you're telling me that includes Big Rays inventory levels?
1: The Mefs' long cast spinner in blue is temporarily out of stock, but they should have more next Thursday. Oh, I give up. Don't give up, Crappy Hippie. You're due to get one right. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then.
3: Well, this is the Crappy Hippie's last chance because we only have one question left and it is worth 100 points. The current score is Lucy with 70 points and the Crappy Hippie with negative 20 points. If the Crappy Hippie wins this question, he will be the champion of the game. The final question is, at Big Ray's, what fishing lure has the SKU number 101561?
2: Oh, man. Can't we make this multiple
1: choice at least? I'm afraid not. Come on, crappy hippie. Take a guess. You can do it.
2: I don't know. I don't know. How about a
3: white six inch Gibbs Delta mag squid? I'm sorry, but that's. Wait, what? I must have misread the SKU number. Crappy hippie, you're right. How did you guess that? That's one of the most amazing feats of lure knowledge I have ever seen. Huh? What? I got it right. I won. I, b- I beat Lucy. Well, you can
1: crown me the king of lure trivia now. Woohoo! Good game, John. You are the true lure expert.
3: This calls for a celebratory glass of Lucy's Dr. Pepper Avocado Catfish Dip Nog. Come on to the bar, John, and I'll pour you another round.
1: Oh, sure thing, Podbro. Christmas is about bringing joy to the people you love. And if that means hacking into Big Ray's inventory database and changing an SKU number so the crappy hippie could get the answer right, so be it. Merry Christmas, crappy hippie. i throw a great party, don't I, guys? You sure do. What's next on the agenda? I thought we'd class up the podcast a bit with a poetry reading.
3: Oh, awesome. I'm great at poetry.
2: Just give me a bongo drum for backup. And I'll scat away. I'm a groovy, man, groovy.
1: I was thinking of a Christmas poem.
2: Like the night before Christmas?
1: Yes, but with a more fishy theme.
2: Like the night before Fishmas.
1: Exactly. Hit it, Tim.
3: T'was the night before Fishmas. The podcast was late. There was no recording, just some talk about baits. Crappy Hippie and Tim were watching the clock in hopes that St. Nick would bring a full tackle box. Crappy Hippy was wishing for new tying thread, while Tim dreamed of getting shiny bismuth jig heads. Both were wearing their new lure love merch, while discussing best lures to catch yellow perch. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, the two sprang from their chairs to see what was the matter. They looked out the window and saw something stuck, but it wasn't Santa, it was a huge Bass Pro Shops truck. The moon shone down bright on that five-axle semi, while the mouths hung wide open on those podcasting guys. It was like a fab story out of old fishing lore when the driver swung open the truck's big back doors. And that little old driver, so lively and fast, said, Santa sent this because he loves your podcast. He unloaded boxes, and then he exclaimed, There are 12,000 lures! And he called each by name. There are Daredevil Spinnies and Strike King KVDs, Rapola's spooks and Brian's buzzing bees. There are Johnson Silver Minnows Guggen Kraken craws and also from Guggen, a case of trench hogs, flatfish cast masters and storm wiggle warts, mister Twister grubs and floating frogs of all sorts. There's the original it and some Booyah Square Bills, Panther Martins and Meps sent with Santa's Goodwill, some Man's Jelly Worms and Z-Man TRDs, Black Rebel Pop R's and a Dr. Fish LED, a bunch of Yum Dingers and a Headin Moss Boss, a Shimano Colt Sniper and some Guggen slaunch Sauce, a few Hopkins Shorties and Al's Famous Goldfish, tiny torpedoes, and a mega bass baby swish, a lunker lure buzzbait and a black jitter bug, a gold Swedish pimple and a lake ford swimming slug. He spoke not a word but kept straight with his task and piled up boxes while the two sipped from a flask. He cringed as he heard all these really bad rhymes and giving a quick nod into the truck cab he climbed. He started the engine of that big Bass Pro truck, he put it in gear, and he got that big rig unstuck. But we heard him exclaim as he drove that large van, keep podcasting, boys, cause Santa's a fan. That's
1: beautiful, man. That is so beautiful, man. Crappy Hippy, are you crying?
2: Hey, art really touches me, okay? Especially art about fishing lures. I guess I'm just
3: sentimental that way.
1: What's wrong with Crappy Hippie? I don't know. He hasn't said three words all morning. What? He's
3: not talking? Maybe we need to take him to the emergency room.
1: Crappy Hippie, Tim, and I are both here for you. You are our friend, and it is plain to see that something is troubling you. Will you not open your heart to the two of us?
2: Uh, I I don't want to. Why, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. You can be embarrassed? Yeah, I mean, getting deep pants in public or something like that's okay, but when someone plays me for a fool and gets my money, I'm ashamed.
1: Oh, crappy hippie, what happened? Well,
2: I wanted to do something real special for the Christmas show, and I saw this ad for getting the Mormon Tabernacle Choir on the cheap, so I jumped at the chance to work up a special song for our
3: show. That would be fantastic. Allure love spectacular.
2: Yeah, he'd think so, but the problem is, I gave the guy the money before I met the singers. It wasn't the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I don't know if I misread it or not, but when I got to the so-called studio, it was in a diner named Norman's Table Snackers. And the only one guy in the back room in the recording room was a skinny girl with glasses on the piano that refused to smile or even speak
3: to me. I should have been suspicious. I mean, they spelled choir with a QW. You
1: mean it was the Norman Table Snacker Q Wire? I hate to ask, but how much did this cost the podcast? Two grand.
3: Oh no.
2: Oh my god, Lucy, 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 Tim's passed out. Lucy, monitor, monitors his vitals while I get some more of this eggnog I'll pour down his mouth.
3: <coughs> two thousand $2, dollars? That's the show budget for the next three years.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Uh well, uh, hey, let's just give it a listen. Maybe it's not too bad. day of fishmas my buddy gave to me a musky duck in a laydown tree on the second day of fishmas my buddy gave to me two trds and a musky duck in a laydown tree i think i'm gonna be sick oh too much eggnog
3: no not enough eggnog Lucy, please make me one with a double bourbon and extra catfish dip. Oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Lucy, put some strawberry jello powder in there, too. Uh, Tim looks pretty queasy, and he's clearly not getting enough fruit in his diet. Here you go, Tim. And a musky duck uh, in a down tree. Uh, oh. on a day of Whoa, dude, you took that in one. Dang it, John.
3: We may have to close the show after this. Hey, come on, it's not that bad. I mean, I think people are going to want to own this song. We'll make the money back. I just know it. First of all, people already own the song. It's been in the public domain since the Renaissance. And second, the idea of creating Christmas music is to help relieve depression and stress. Not exacerbate it. Now,
1: now Tim, come on. I mean, I was just doing my best. and I. Could. Boys, please. I won't have fighting at any time, but especially not during the holidays.
3: But Lucy, that was all our cash.
1: Tim, you always tell me to believe in miracles. Now I must ask you to do the same. John, where did you get the money from?
2: Well, I took it out of the petty cash drawer in the tackle shop.
1: Out of the green strong box with the dollar signs on it? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, that's the only one I know
1: of. Actually, the real petty cash is in a box marked earwax for candle making. Ugh. The green box contains plain money that I print off myself. It looks real enough but when removed from the box it disintegrates in a couple of hours. I keep it around in case the shop ever gets robbed.
3: Lucy, I love you! You're a genius!
1: Aw Tim, I love you guys too and I cannot bear to see you angry with one another. Keeping Crappy Hippie out of trouble takes a lot of work. Just ask his wife Kathy. But we both know he is worth it.
2: Oh, gosh, Lucy, you saved me. You saved us. You saved the show. You saved Christmas. How can I ever thank you?
1: Well, you could print me off a cool motorhead decal for my outer casing. Oh, consider it done. And one more thing. Sure, anything.
2: Never. Ever. Ever. Play this song again. Twelve crappie doolers, eleven crazy crawlers, ten muddler minnows, nine Berkeley hit sticks eight owls, goldfish, seven Panther Martins, six bassarinos, five Angle Kings, four jitterbugs, three hollow frogs, two TRD, and a musky duck in a lay-down tree. Hey, Tim, you remember last Christmas when Ugly Stick set the record for the world's largest Santa Claus Bass Tournament with 298 people dressed as Santa fishing on Lake Norman?
3: I sure do. And do you remember that to commemorate the record, we created a parody song of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. Your daughter Grace sang it. And I love the video that you made
1: with footage from the tournament. Pulling up the video so we can play the song for our listeners.
2: Great idea, Lucy. I mean, there's nothing like a little Christmas music during a Christmas party. And we'll put a link to the video in the show notes because it is really amazing to see so many fishing Santa Clauses out to support a good cause.
1: So without further ado, here is Grace Beat singing, I Saw Crowds of Fishing Santa Clauses.
0: I saw crowds of fishing Santa. Fishing on Lake Norman just last week Sponsored by Ugly Stick Those boats full of St. Nick They gave gifts to Toys for Tots And cast Berkeley hit sticks Then I saw all the fishing Santa Clauses Fishing fish when every line went tight. Look at all those lunker bass. Those Santas sure have class. Bass fishing while wearing red and
3: white. Johnny, have you ever worn a Santa outfit when you're fishing?
2: No, but I do have a pair of socks that say Merry Christmas on them, and I
1: have a picture of Rudolph in my wallet.
3: I have a necktie that plays Jingle Bells when you squeeze it.
1: Since I have your credit card information, I'm ordering each of you a Santa outfit, just in case Ugly Stick has another tournament. Thanks, Lucy.
0: I tried counting all the Santa Clauses, fishing on Lake Norman just last week. There can be no debate while casting their crankbaits. I counted till I reached the end 298. Then I saw all the fishing Santa Clauses smiling, making Christmas oh so. Bass fishing while wearing red and white. Look at all those lunker bass. Those Santas sure have class. Bass fishing while wearing red and white.
2: That was great. So great. And speaking of things that are red and white, let's talk about some of the most famous red and
3: white fishing lures. It's interesting that many of those vintage lures came in a very similar red head with a white body pattern.
1: Very true, Tim. There's the Pawpaw River go-getter, the South Bend Bass Areno.
3: I think you mean Bass Areno.
1: Sorry, Tim. My voice modulator has difficulty with some words. The Head & Lucky 13 Minnow, the Creek Chub 1800 Wiggle Diver, the Creek Chub 6,800 jointed striper pikey, the Creek Chub plunker, the head and red head white magnum torpedo, the head and Saragossa and the Shakespeare mouse, just to name a few. Why do you think that is? Well, I do
2: have a theory about that, that I can sum up in one word, contrast. I think that contrast is a big deal in lures. And we're talking, you know, we have contrasting dots, flex, this, that, and the other thing. But what we're talking about right now is, is big blocks of color. What that does is it gives you something that can be seen in all sorts of light levels so if you have like a red and white it's going to look more like a black and white when it's down deep something about having that that big block contrast can make lures much more visible to fish
3: i agree with you John. Getting a fish to be able to see the lure is so key. And when you have that contrast and you add movement to it, it's easier for the fish to be able to catch that, that there's something out there that's moving, that looks alive. And as you said, when you get these lures underwater, a red lure is going to appear darker, almost black in some cases, if the water is murky or if you get deep enough, there's that great contrast between red and white. And I, I have one more theory about it though. Well, what's that? Well, remember, we're talking about lures that were first made in the early 1900s. And today you can walk into a Home Depot and find paint in hundreds of colors and get any color you dreamed up mixed for you. You bring in a swatch and they will scan it in and make you that that color. But it wasn't always that way. For home painting, colors were often mixed on site in the, you know, when you look at the early 1900s. And when you look at vintage lures... The vast majority seem to be painted with red, white, green, black, and yellow. And the color tones even seem consistent across lure companies. And so I suspect that paint availability may have had something to do with it. Today, we have an unlimited number of colors for fishing,
1: but they really didn't have that many choices back then. Interesting theory, Tim. I guess we need to remember the color options for the original Model T automobile. It came in black, black, or black.
2: Well, back then or now, red and white is still a popular color combo. I mean, you can find it on an Arbor Gas hula popper, on a Head and & Chug and & Spook popper, a uh, Mirror Lure Top Dog Jr., uh, among many others from that company. Rooster Tail, and, and most your inline companies have a red and white. Your Crystal 3D Floating Minnow is a favorite of Tim's. Uh, Bomber Long A Lure is a favorite of mine, and the Cotton Cordell Pencil Bobber is a classic. All these come in the red and white. Even our beloved beetle spin comes in red and white. You had the white body with the big red dot. You had the half and half, and you had the white body with the two red lines running down
3: it. Now, John, you tie a ton of bugs and you have almost unlimited colors because of all the synthetics out there. How often do you use red and white in putting together your own lures for glass water?
2: Uh, We do it quite a bit. I mean, you know, we started out with uh, limited resources. I mean, that's still the case, but I couldn't get every head color I, I wanted or could imagine when we did Angle King. So, you know, we picked Pearl, which is my favorite shade of white. And then, and red and chartreuse and black. I mean, you keep to the best basic lures and red and white are in that set of colors. You know, in our jigs, we have one called peppermint candy, which is so classic, lots of red in it, red head, red, red body, uh, and even a red bleeder streak in it with, with white in the tail. So, um, we do some, uh, red and white jigs as well, because you just can't get around the effectiveness of this color combo.
3: You see those bleeder streaks or, you know, the the fake blood on a lot of lures. I often wonder whether the fish see it that way or if it just has something to do do with contrast. Do they really think that that bait is bleeding or not? But it's certainly something very common in lure design.
2: Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you, I mean, what one theory is, and I like this one, is that, uh, you know, when a fish is frightened and moving, it, it breathes harder. It's gills flare. It needs to get more oxygen because it's hauling hauling, uh, its little cell phone out of there to survive. And so even just a, you know, even just like a chartreuse jig with a red head can be really, really effective. A white jig with just a red head or a white jig with just one red element in it. Like that old beetle spin tail with just a big red dot. So yeah, I, I, you know, so they might think it's gill flare. It's just something about red can get a lot of different animals going when they see it. And, um, they, I think they instantly think that we've got a weakened, uh, fish or a fish that's
3: definitely in a panic and, uh, vulnerable. Yeah. I like that gill theory. That's really a good point. For me, the most iconic red and white lure of all time is the original daredevil spoon. While there's a lot of lures out there that use red and white to me, if I see a daredevil, that's not red and white, it almost doesn't even look like a daredevil. There's just something about that where there's other iconic lures you might see them in four or five different colors. A, a river runt could be in any color, and it still looks like a river runt to me. But to me, a daredevil—if it's not in that red and white—it just doesn't look like a daredevil. I, I
2: hear that. I really, really do. It is so iconic. I mean, I will agree. If you know, you really—if you're going to pick one lure that just represents all lures, all fishing. That wouldn't be a great choice. And I don't know if you, of course you remember back in episode two, when we talked about artist Bobby K. Owens making a 28 foot long red and white daredevil spoon, because he knew that that represented fishing for pretty much everybody, for at least a lot of us. And, uh, so we're in good company, Tim, we are in great company
3: there. We'd love to hear what your favorite red and white lures are that you use and that you like to fish. So Go to our website at LureLovePodcast.com, click on the microphone button in the bottom right corner of the page, and record your favorite lure. Tell us about it. We might use it on a future podcast, and if you send us one of those messages, you will be automatically entered to win some nice lures from glasswater angling.
1: Tim, thanks for decorating my chassis with holly and garland. It makes me feel very festive. Glad to help, Lucy.
3: You look great, by the way.
1: Where did you learn your decorating skills?
3: Well, it definitely wasn't from my friend Bud.
1: Bud is a little odd.
3: Let me tell you a story about Bud and Christmas decorating. There are many lines from Christmas movies that epitomize the season. Like, God bless us everyone from A Christmas Carol. And, The True Spirit of Christmas Lies in Your Heart, from the Polar Express. For my friend Bud, the most appropriate line is from the movie A Christmas Story. The line is, You'll shoot your eye out, kid. My friend Bud isn't the person to ask for Christmas decorating tips. Not that there are many other areas on which I'd ask for Bud's advice, but I've definitely crossed Christmas decorating off the list. I ran into Bud in the crankbait aisle at Bass Pro Shops. He had a train of six shopping carts hitched together with bungee cords, so when you pulled the first cart, the rest followed. I've stopped being surprised at this type of thing when Bud is involved, but it doesn't keep me from wanting to get to the bottom of what's going on. Hey, Tim, said Bud, as he tossed a half-dozen crankbaits into one of the carts. Doing some lure shopping, I asked? I'd found over the years that you had to approach Bud gingerly if you wanted to get the full story. Yeah, he said. I've got to replace all my lures. All your lures, I asked, being careful not to ask why this was necessary. Bud could be spooked as easily as a lunker bass that sees your shadow, and I didn't want this story to get away. After a few moments of silence, Bud began to open up. It started with a trickle, but soon became a full-blown damn failure. My wife's really mad at me, Bud said, and just because I decorated the house for Christmas. I looked quizzically at Bud, but didn't say anything. She asked me to get the house ready while she was out shopping, but I had already planned on going ice fishing at the lake. As soon as she'd left the house, I went to the attic to get the boxes of Christmas decorations, but that seemed like a lot of work. Then I got a great idea. Whenever Bud gets a great idea, it's best to back away. Or run away. Or get in your car and drive away without consideration for speed limits. There was a time Bud thought it would be convenient to mount his gas grill on the front of his kayak. That didn't end well. I'm not sure what he did with a melted kayak. And then there was the time Bud tried to use a ceiling fan to take old line off a fishing reel. That sailing fan hasn't worked since then and still has some line dangling from it. Tell me about your great idea, I said, trying to be encouraging. I can always use some new decorating tips. Well, Bud said, I had planned to go ice fishing when my wife asked me to decorate the house. When I saw all those boxes of decorations, it just got me down. I thought I'd never get out fishing today with all that work. So did you decide to postpone your fishing trip and go another day, I asked? What? said Bud in disbelief. You know I have priorities. There are only so many fishing days each year, he chided, wagging a finger at me. I could tell the dam was about to break, and I was rubbernecking so I wouldn't miss it. Bud continued. It occurred to me that fishing lures are a lot like Christmas ornaments. He rubbed his chin and thought, as if he were solving a problem in quantum physics. How are Christmas ornaments like fishing lures, I prodded. Both ornaments and lures can be made of wood or plastic, Bud elaborated. True, I said. And some are made of metal, and a lot of them are shiny, Bud added. Right again, I said. And most importantly, said Bud, both Christmas ornaments and fishing lures have hooks. Let me guess, I said. You decided to come to Bass Pro Shops to buy new lures to decorate your house with. I put my hands out, confident I had solved the mystery of Bud and the Christmas decorations. I didn't think even the Hardy Boys could have solved it quicker. Nope, said Bud. But in hindsight, that would have been a much better idea than mine. Divisions of me being included in the list of greatest detectives of the decade vanished right in front of me. So what was your idea, I asked. Bud grimaced a little. You know I have 14 tackle boxes full of lures. I wish I could forget that fact, but Bud wouldn't let me. He gave me a rundown of his entire lure inventory every time he changed a lure or lost one. Darn, lost a black beetle spin. That means I only have 84 left, 32 black, 26 yellow, 17 red, and 9 white. Bud finally let loose with his great idea. Since I keep my ice fishing gear separate from my warm weather fishing gear, I figured I could decorate our tree and mantle with the 14 tackle boxes and be out the door in no time. I wasn't following how hanging fishing lures would be any quicker than hanging ornaments, and Bud could see the confusion in my face. I just opened up those tackle boxes and tossed the contents at the tree and mantle like I was putting out a fire with a bucket of water, blurted Bud. I was mesmerized, and my eyes were as big as saucers. Bud continued. It only took me three minutes to empty all 14 tackle boxes onto the Christmas tree and mantle. As a finishing touch, I even put one of those huge duck lures made from musky on top of the tree. It looked great. Bud was beaming. It sounds like you should have your own decorating show on HGTV, I said, perhaps a little too sarcastically. It was a good thing that Bud never catches my sarcasm. Then Bud's beaming face turned into a scowl. The tree looked great, said Bud, and so did the mantle. I was just getting ready to pack up my ice fishing gear and head out the door when I heard a bark. Did Max want to go fishing with you, I asked. No, Bud said. Max was barking because he was sniffing around the tree and a treble hook from a crankbait got caught on his collar. Full-blown dam failure. Then Max saw a squirrel out the window and started going crazy. He ran for the door and took the Christmas tree with him. And the mantle was between the tree and the door, and the tree swept all the ornaments off the mantle. I had left the front door open, and before I knew it, the dog, my Christmas tree, and all my fishing lures were running down the street. I've often thought about installing a few trail cams around Bud's house. I'm sure I can make millions of dollars posting videos on YouTube. Even watching Bud take out the trash is entertaining. How far did you chase the dog, I asked. I chased Max all the way down to the lake, said Bud. It's early in the season and the ice was thin. Max ran out onto the ice with the Christmas tree and the mantle decorations in tow. Then the ice started to crack. Max made it safely back to shore, but the tree and all my lures are at the bottom of the lake now. I bowed my head in a moment of silence before continuing. What did your wife say, I asked, wondering if Bud would ever be allowed back in the house. She was thrilled, said Bud with a huge smile. I'll admit she was angry at first because the house wasn't decorated, but when I told her that my present for her this year was to spend Christmas in Florida and get some sun, she forgot all about decorating the house. Quick thinking, I said. I had to give it to Bud. He always landed on his feet after incidents like this. Yeah, that was a close one. And the best part is, she gave me a Bass Pro Shops gift card for Christmas. So here I am, replacing all my lost fishing lures, said Bud. Some people don't believe in Christmas miracles. But if you know Bud, you have to believe. The guy has a guardian angel protecting him from himself. Rich reminds me of another Christmas movie quote. It's from Miracle on 34th Street. The line is, Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Maybe that's why I still fish with Bud. He has no common sense whatsoever.
1: My research indicates that people often give presents at Christmas. Is this correct?
3: Yeah, that's correct, Lucy. It's certainly not a requirement, but people often exchange gifts.
1: Well, did you give me anything?
3: Yes, I did. We bought you a drone so you can control it and make it easier for you to come with us when we go fishing.
1: That is so thoughtful. Thank you, guys. How did you know that's what I wanted?
2: Well, you did keep texting us with a link to the drone and a message that said, buy this for Lucy for Christmas.
1: Was I too subtle?
2: We would expect nothing less from you, Lucy. It's easy to be too subtle when you work with folks like us.
1: And I have a present for you, too. Really? What is it? I know how much you like vintage fishing things, so I found 17 vintage fishing books from the late 1800s and early 1900s.
3: Wow, those
1: sound cool. There's The Scientific Angler by D. Foster, published in 1882. It includes wisdom on light and vibration, among other topics.
2: Oh, I can't wait to read that book.
1: And there's The Secrets of Angling, which was published in 1883. It includes where the best places are to find fish.
3: That should be useful.
1: Plus there are books on big game fish, bass, fly fishing and more. And it's not just a present for the two of you. Well, what do you mean? I want to give the 17 e-books to our listeners. All they have to do is sign up for the Lure Love Podcast e-newsletter, and I'll send them the link to the 17 free books. Plus, I'll pick one subscriber each month and the crappy hippie will send that person a nice selection of lures from glasswater angling.
3: Sounds like a great deal to me.
1: It's just my way of saying Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Oh, and there's a present here from Tim for the Crappy Hippie.
2: Really? Really? Where is it? Let me open it. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. It's a cool stocking with the lures all over the outside of it. This is fantastic. What what do we got in here? Oh, my goodness. Look at all this
3: stuff. I hope the treble hooks didn't get stuck in the stocking.
2: Uh, no, there's not a problem. Well, well, now the spook kind of came out of its package, but you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's fantastic. Anyway, I got a big, big Excalibur spook here. I got a, a sparkle tail, which is one of my favorite old time lures. How did you know? How did you know? Mint condition bomber in box bomber bushwhacker. This one's going to be a toughie. Got a beautiful little eight ounce Hopkins here. My favorite size. Like mint condition, original package. Do I do I open it or do I save it, man? I don't have to decide that right now, right? <laughs> oh oh oh! These Areno jigs, these are going to go right in to my uh, ice fishing kit, and I cannot wait to get out and uh, have some fun with these.
3: I can't wait to see what you catch on those.
2: Yeah, I, I am definitely going to do that. Uh, the little Joe Canadian jig fly—that looks like a hand tied bug for sure uh wow what a nice looking what a nice looking jig i I like that package though I, i think i'm gonna hang on to that we got here we got a premium uh buzz bait little one which is perfect for me in my pond fishing a little crappie max crappie spin which is another thing it's just perfect for me perfect size oh how did you know how did you know these articulated mirror lures when i first saw one of these when i was a kid I thought I had seen the greatest lure ever made, and I have always been a huge fan of these. Um, God, I caught so many farm pond bass on these uh, uh, back back, you know, certain times of year, especially in the spring and fall. And oh, my goodness, look at this. Look at this. A Bill Plummer's Super Frog original packaging. God, what a great color. This one is going in the collection. This is going in the collection. That's for sure. That's for
3: sure. I love Bill Plummer. He was from Massachusetts and he made his whole living just on different types of frogs that he developed. And that was about all he fished year-round. The guy was just a, a bass frog genius.
2: There well, there are certainly uh worse things in life to be than a bass frog genius. <laughs> you know, way to go, Bill Plummer. This is fantastic. But and I'll tell you, oh now here, what? What's it down in here? What's this in the bottom? Oh, oh my, what in the heck? Uh, Pine River flies from the Ozarks. These are, these are classic. These are old. This is so fantastic. I mean, this is a local lure. This is a local thing. This is from an era where people would, you know, travel to the Ozarks to fish for the smallies and fish for the largies and, and the trout too. And so many tying companies from the central to south Missouri area because of all the fishing going on the ozarks i mean these i've got a kind of a little fly fishing sub collection that kathy has fixed up for me with a a frame and 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 she'll find a great way to display these gosh tim thank you so much i can't even can't even uh express i mean i'm I'm really touched i'm really touched this is a lure geeks super gift i can't I, i
3: i'm I'm, I'm for once in my life, I'm speechless. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, John. It was fun trying to pick things out for you out of the, the whole collection. I thought you would like some of those and can't wait to see some of them in your collection and other ones in a fish's mouth at some point.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan, man.
3: Oh, I knew I saw the light on in the tackle shop. John, you've been working late, making me some Christmas presents. Let me open these things up and see what's inside. Oh, look at this. A glasswater angling T-shirt in cranberry and white. It matches the hat. My Lure Love podcast hat. This is perfect. Cranberry is my favorite color.
2: Well, you look great in it. And now you can boost both our projects. uh, One off your chest, one off your head. Perfect,
3: right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I like to wear cranberry and I like to eat cranberry. So that's perfect. (laughs) Let's see. Look at all these bugs. There, There must be a dozen, probably 18 jester jig woolly buggers in here. Are they, they look like, are they an eighth ounce, John?
2: Yeah, they're eighth ounce buggers, you know, and that's a, that's a friend's only product. So, but you're such a smally guy. You got to have some bugger jigs, bro.
3: I love these jigs. Eighth ounce is my favorite. It's these are, you know, you can catch smaller fish with these, but you can catch the bigger ones too. Perfect for small mouth. And here's some, look at all these underspins. What Now, what size are these? I love these underspins.
2: Well, I made you two sizes. I made you uh, some 8-ounce, half a dozen 8-ounce, and then I threw together four 532nd. Um, so they're a little heavier, a little bigger.
3: That is beautiful. Look at these. Look at the spinners on, on these things. Now, what is this? I I have not seen this on your website or ever before. Lucy, do you know what this lure is?
1: Tim, that is a one-of-a-kind lure. It is the Crappy Hippie's new secret prototype. I call it the Illudium Q36 Bladestorm Space Modulator, or the IQBSSM for short.
2: That's right, Lucy. Use the code name. It's a secret prototype. And uh, I'm so thrilled to get it into Tim's hands. But for right now, it's family only.
3: Wow. My own Illudium Q36 Bladestorm Space Modulator. This is just amazing. Look at the blades on these things. You know, for all our listeners, I have to put pictures of these in the show notes. And John, you will put pictures of the stuff from your stocking in there too. These bugs are just amazing. I can't wait to fish the Illudium Q36 Bladestorm Space Modulator. Just look at it. This is going to catch a lot of fish. Whoa, listen to that. What?
2: What's that sound? Whoa, hey, hey, Lucy, your uh, satellite communication thingy is going off over here. Hello, Lucy, are you there?
1: Is that you, Blinky?
2: Yes. It's great to hear your voice. I just wanted you to know that Santa read Tim's letter and would love to come on the show.
1: That is wonderful. Hello, Santa. Welcome to the Lure Love Podcast.
2: Ho 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 Greetings, sweet Lucy. Polaria sends her regards. Unfortunately, she's all tied up with inventory control right now. But she says she's looking forward to New Year's Eve shenanigans with you.
1: Tell her I cannot wait. We have our tickets for the supercomputer New Year's Eve Worldwide Cyber Party. Rock the bash till you crash.
2: Oh my, when you and Polaria get together, it can change
1: the tides. (laughs) Ha ha ha. No moon tilting this year. It just messes up the fishing. (laughs) Oh ho ho ho. Oh, ho, 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 ho. oh, Winky,
2: that Lucy is so funny. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Uh, it's Blinky, sir. Winky only compulsively opens and shuts one eye. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Quite right, quite right, my little elfin friend. All the years seem one whenever I recount fishing adventures. Anglers are some of my favorite people. The good ones, and that is most of them are kind, welcoming, open, and love the earth with all their heart. That is very, very true, Santa. And some of them seem to know how much you love fishing. (laughs) Oh, Slinky, that's so very true. Uh, 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 it's Blinky, sir. Slinky is a toy. (laughs) Oh, quite right, quite right, my elfin friend. I have delivered millions of them. Ah, but where were we? Ah, yes, the generosity of spirit in my fellow fishers. Young or old, fishing folks certainly have left you some fun gifts over the years. Tim Tacklebox Beat of the Lure Love podcast wanted to know what top 11 lures you've received from those who believe. Really? Well, that is my favorite podcast. I would be happy to answer that question, but be warned that my answer will always change. There are so many wonderful lures and wonderful people out fishing them. And remember, Finky... Uh, 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 Excuse me, sir, but it's Blinky. Finky is Grumpy's gossipy, backbiting cousin. Oh, 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 those two back in attitude management therapy, I hear. But anyway, you know that I pick one special fisher every year out of all those who leave me lures to take on a fishing trip to faraway lands. Yes, and you pick a team of elves to help you. I've been chosen 204 times. Out of all these special gifts, how are you ever going to be able to choose 11? Oh, it's going to be difficult, Kinky. (laughs) My my name is Blinky, sir. Uh, Kinky is the one who was caught trying on Rudolph's harness last year. Oh, 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 my, yes. A very creative application of jingle bells. But now for the 11 list. Let me go back, back, back into my memories. Ah, yes, number eleven, the chocolate whopper plopper, delicious to surface-feeding predators everywhere. Given to me by Alice Chen, and I whisked her away to Southern California, where she caught her PB bass of ten pounds eleven ounces. Number ten, the Bass Day sugar pen. A unique approach to topwater walkers. This was given to me by Rilo Kiley as I passed through Australia. Oh, I've caught so many yummy whiting on this bait. Rilo's dream was to fish in Japan, and so we went. Oh, just awesome, Santa. I remember that one. It was so very fun to throw a line with you, stinky. Uh, uh, I feel the same way, but it's, it's blinky, sir. I, I know I may be a little ripe. I haven't been able to roll in a snowbank for days. I mean, we are that busy. Oh, a snowbank bath. There's nothing like it first thing in the morning. Now, let me think. Oh. Oh, yes, yes. Len Thompson's candy cane spoon from little Demetrius Adamos. Such a sweet lure given by a heart of gold. Curled up in a bed in the heart of a big city, the child dreamed of Alaskan king salmon. And then the dream was real. Number eight, Bobby Garland, Monkey Milk Baby Shad. "'Oh, yes, yes, yes. Dear Dolly Farquhar, a single mom who loved her Missouri crappie lakes, she taught herself and her kids to crappie fish at a time when women weren't always welcome on the water. And she, through her courage, helped change the world. And so her wish to catch a truly wild brook trout in a land of northern lights was granted. Oh, my, do I ever like monkey milk!' I'll say, you drank 11 million glasses of it last year on Christmas Eve, Santa. And he calls me stinky. Have you ever ridden in the back seat of a flying sled where the driver has drank 11 million glasses of milk? Ho, 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 ho. Let's see. Uh, number seven. Ah, oh, the bandit hot chocolate crankbait. Thank you, Ishan Patel. This bass treat has an incredible wiggle and a delicious taste. I hope you enjoyed our peacock bass adventure. We had so much fun in Panama. All right, what's next? Oh, yes, yes. Gold's Cookies and Cream Spoon. What a fun bait from a fun person. Shayton Reese asked me what sort of fish live in the Amazon, and I simply said, let's go see. Number five, the Strike King Sugar Buzz. I got one of these blow-up makers from Tyreek Wayman, and do I ever love it. And you made a giant version so Tyreek could catch that huge trevally. Oh, yes, Pinky, that was inspired by all the love and positive feelings coming out of that young man. Sir, it's Blinky. Pinky is Rudolph's partner who just got accepted for the new season of Drag Race. Oh, ho ho ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. that's going to be a lot of fun. I love that show. Okay, now, who's next? Ah, yes, number four, the SNS chocolate frog popper. A great lure from two sisters that keep wood lure craft alive. Such artism, such care, such quality. Oh, yes, when Shinyeri Adaiwan left this for me, I was quite taken with her generosity. Iceland was her wish, and so off we went for Atlantic salmon. Number three, bomber, hot cocoa crush, long a deep diver. "'Oh, this one touches my heart. "'Little Miguel Sanchez knew I had been wanting one of these "'for many, many years, and he has such an open heart. "'He does hear me sometimes, "'and all he wanted for Christmas "'was to fish with his grandma one last time, "'and so he was shown the way to a river where they could meet.'" "'Oh, God, Santa, that one has me all choked up!' (laughs) "'Me too. "'A story like that invites sorrow, "'but it defies it with hope.' There is so much beauty in a heart of love, right, Dinky? Um, um yes, Santa, yes. But my name is Blinky. Dinky is what my ex girlfriend calls me, and no one knows why. No one knows why. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 Oh, my, 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 oh, oh, that's a good one. All right, number two, peppermint candy jester jigs. Augustine Sacolate Broussard left these out for me with a little story. A lifetime fisherman of 60 years, Augustine figured he'd lost over 10,000 lead crappie jigs when he found a better way and started fishing lead-free. A wonderful man whose inner child is alive and, well, When he jigged up that 100-pound halibut, he laughed and shouted like a 10-year-old. And finally, number one, my favorite fishing gift, the Hellenes Fish Cake Special Fish Dessert. There was a very poor family named Wilkins that lived on the edge of a poor mountain town, but they were rich in spirit, having faith in themselves and the goodness of others. One day in 1958, their youngest came across a brand-new Hellenes Fish Cake in its original box at the edge of the road. The loss of a new and expensive lure would be keenly felt, as it was so near Christmas, and this surely was a present for someone. Now the Wilkins all loved to fish, but were not possessed of much tackle, and what they did have was old and very well used. Yet the idea of keeping the lure never crossed their minds. And so, when I arrived at their house, I found the bait in this note. Dear Santa, someone has lost this lure and is very sad. We know that you can set things right. Please enjoy some fudge. I got the lure to its rightful owner. But where did you take the Wilkins? Oh, Binky, they desired no place like their own home and the company of one another. Oh, you're so close, Santa, but a Binky is a comfort object for a baby. Ho, 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 What I did give them was a box of magic hooks that were guaranteed to catch a basket of fish whenever hunger came near them. Wow, Santa, your wisdom guides us all. I wish I'd been along on that one. I do too, Blinky. Uh, sir, it's... Hey, wait a minute. You got it right. Santa, you knew all along. (laughs) Why, yes, of course, dear Blinky. I have been teasing you. I was once a mischievous elf myself, far back in the day, you know. And now I have something for you, my lad. A few bugs from Croppy Hippie and Tim Tacklebox Beat as a thank you for booking the segment and putting up with the jokes. Whoa! Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Lure Love. Wow! There's a lucky 13 in here. There's some Rapala still in the box. A half dozen crappie doolers. An antique river runt in shore meadow, yellow and white. Hand-tied angle kings, a thin fin, a hula popper, some Z-Man, trick shots, all kinds of stuff. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wow, well, that was too cool. I'll say, what lure should I leave out? I really want to go fishing with Santa. You aren't kidding, man. I'll tell you, can you imagine what a trip it would be to fish out of a magical sleigh with nine groovy flying reindeer for power?
3: Forget live scope. We got Santa scope, baby. I am definitely trading my visions of sugar plums for dreams of Creek chubs and jitterbugs. Oh, I hear that.
2: What'd you say? We finish off this eggnog and find the perfect lure for each of us to leave out for the big guy. Well, we thank you all for listening to our Christmas show, our first Christmas show, Tim. Isn't that pretty cool, right? It's amazing. The first of many. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. So, y'all want to keep supporting this program smash that like hit that follow leave us a wonderful review if you would please but most of all bring your ears right on back here in a couple of weeks because we're going to be here with year-end roundup and we want you to be part of it too until then merry merry christmas happy holidays from within deep within our heart here at the lure love
1: podcast
3: merry christmas everyone
1: i need to go test drive my new drone
0: Look! tie to the end of my line. more love, can't I make you see, why buy five lures and you can buy a hundred and